You're listening to Winged Wisdom. Thank you to the following sponsors. Siren Shotguns, the world's finest line of shotguns and accessories created for the lady competitor, huntress, and shotgun enthusiast. Animal Connections, keep their tails wagging with healthy pet food. Voted coolest pet store in America and located at 933 Second Street Southeast in Charlottesville, Virginia. Woods and Waters Magazine, a monthly magazine that covers fishing, hunting, boating, outdoor gear, kayaking, shooting, bird dogs, and so much more. Central Virginia Sporting Clays, located in Palmyra, Virginia, and offering a 14-station walk-around wobble and five-stand. Old Forge Sporting Clays, located in Providence Forge, Virginia, and offering 16-station walk-around wobble and five-stand. Both clay courses are open year-round and available for your next fundraiser or great event. This is Winged Wisdom. Hi, everyone. My name is Kate Onstrom, and I'm your host of Winged Wisdom, a podcast that highlights exciting and engaging interviews for anyone and everyone that loves sporting clays and wing shooting. In today's episode, Riley and I are chatting with Leanne Smith, the current chairperson for RVA Delta Waterfowl. She joined the chapter in 2017 as a brand new waterfowler, has since been on and hosted several chapter ladies hunts, planned banquets, began as co-chair for the chapter board, and like I said, is now chairman of the board. Delta Waterfowl's mission is to contribute knowledge, leaders, and conservation solutions to secure the future of waterfowl hunting. Listen in today as Riley and I chat with Leanne about how she sees the future of RVA Delta Waterfowl unfolding to serve just those purposes. If you enjoy what you hear, please share and make sure to follow us on social media under Virginia Shooting Sports. Hi guys, this week's two minute tip, don't get locked up. No, not talking about what you're doing on your weekend nights out in the city. I'm talking about in the shooter's box. So it's really important to make sure when you get your show bird, take a moment, figure out where you want to break it, and now it's time to get set up. Once you figured out your hold point and what the bird is doing and what it's going to take to break it and all that good stuff, when you put your gun to your shoulder, the first place you need to go to is the break point, not the hold point. Definitely don't ever look at the trap. And the reason for this is to make sure that you have full flexibility and range of motion to achieve your break point, plus a little, just in case you misjudged and it's a little further out than you thought. If you don't do this, then what's probably going to happen is you're going to call pull. You are going to see the bird coming to your barrel. You're going to get on it, go with it, do whatever you need to do. And then boom, hip lock, shoulder drops. You shoot nowhere near the bird 
and get frustrated because as far as you're concerned in your head, you were doing everything correctly. And you probably were, you probably had a fabulous on it and a with it. And you knew exactly where you needed to be with that bird at the break point, but you didn't set yourself up for success. So when you get in the shooter's box, you get your show bird, take a moment, make sure that your feet, your hips, your shoulders, everything is screaming. I'm going to break the bird over here and you're lined up with your break point. Until next time, have fun. All right, guys, this is another fabulous episode of Winged Wisdom. Kate Onstrom, your host with my fabulous assistant, Riley Bass. Riley, when this podcast drops, I will be on a beach with a margarita or four. We need the following week minus the margarita or four. <laughs> You're such a good kid. <laughs> yeah, so um, I will. I will happily be vacationing with the family. Um, apparently, when you marry someone from the north, they don't understand that Hatteras is the only beach you should ever go to. Um, which is fine. We have a lot of fun. We go to Cape May. Um, so okay. I'll be in Cape May with my golf cart, with my big old blue line police flag, um, you know, waving behind it off the back of the golf cart, um, bopping from ice cream shop to hot dog stand to bar. So <laughs> right. yeah. yeah, that'll be super fun. We definitely, we, we need a week. It's been, been a year. I know everybody has just been dealing with everything, getting back to what we hoped was normal. And now um, we're actually taking the ferry um, from Delmarva right over to Cape May because a ticket on the ferry, taking the tundra over that way is cheaper than putting the fuel we needed to get around wow. Delmarva to get to Cape May. How sad is that? That's crazy. Wow. I know. So what are, what are you going to be doing this week? Um, this past weekend, I was up at JMU Go Dukes uh, with Woo-hoo. my roommate. I know, right? So I'll be in Harris. I would have just been in Harrisonburg, um, which will be fun. I have a national park pass. So we're when our plan is we're recording before this drops, of course. So my plan right now is to go to either the Shenandoah National Park or George Washington National Forest. Do both. One, but it'll be warm enough where we can like find a waterfall and go swimming. So I'm excited. Oh, that is my favorite. I'm excited. That is absolutely awesome. All right. Well, enough about us, Riley. Who do we have on the show today? In today's episode of Winged Wisdom, we have Miss Leanne Smith, the current chairman of Richmond's Delta Waterfowl Chapter. She first started her outdoor journey as a general member of her local Delta Waterfowl chapter, where she met her soon-to-be husband and immediately started learning more about the experiences hunting has to offer. As a heavily involved leader of the RVA chapter, Leanne has helped with offering first hunt experiences to fellow females, conservation efforts, and wildlife education opportunities. Fantastic. Leanne, welcome to the show. Hi, nice to be here. <laughs> Yay. We are so excited to have you on the, this episode of Wing and Wisdom, um, not only as a fellow huntress, um, but man, you've got quite a role that um, 
you've carved out for yourself. Tell everybody a little bit about Delta Waterfowl, specifically more about the Richmond chapter. Absolutely. So Delta Waterfowl, if people aren't familiar, um, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Um, their sole mission is essentially to educate people, um, to provide leaders in the community, and ultimately to aid in conservation um, to make sure that the heritage of hunting continues past our generation. Um, the Richmond chapter started probably about five years ago now. I think it had started initially in 2017. Um, one of my good friends who I was new to meeting back then, but he's one of my good friends now, Andrew Jordan, um, mm -hmm. opened the chapter back in 2017. There had initially been a chapter, I believe, in the Richmond area several years oh, ago. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it kind of dismembered itself and fell to the wayside. And then he was an avid hunter, obviously. So he wanted to bring something back to the community, um, essentially where people could get together, kind of have a social aspect, um, but then also find more opportunities and, and benefit their hunting, I guess, life. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So we've been around for several years now and we technically, I guess, offer services to the central Richmond area, as well as the outskirts. We have members in Caroline County and Goochland, um, down into Colonial Heights and Petersburg. Louisa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are kind of all around Richmond. So we've got people coming from afar and, and close by too. That is absolutely fantastic. Do you, um, I'm kind of putting you on the spot with this question. Do you know approximately how many members you have? So I don't, to be hundred percent honest with you, um, most of our membership is based off of our annual banquet. Um, every person that purchases a ticket gets an annual membership along with their banquet entry. Um, in years past, we've had anywhere from 150 to 200 members due to the banquet. Um, this year coming back from COVID, we're a little bit less. Um, we had a little over 70 come to our banquet this year. We had some conflicts with dates and things of that nature. Um, but we're working there. It's a work in progress, getting people back into it after COVID. Everybody's kind of been asleep and snoozing on it and right. just hoping to get it back together. Yeah, that the COVID has definitely made everything, I mean, tough is an understatement yes. to, to say the very <laughs> least. Um, well, with, with that being said, tell us a little bit about your role in Delta Waterfowl. Um, I mean, having a, a woman chair such a such an important organization mm -hmm. um i mean that's no small task it's not um and i mean honestly it does put a lot on my plate outside of work but i love it um when i first started i was the only one only female in our chapter um we now wow. have quite a few more um one of the girls who was and one of our first female um, or all ladies hunts is now one of our secretaries. Um, so it's great kind of spreading that awareness that women can be in it too. Um, there is another chapter further out West that is completely made up of women. Um, and is it really? I, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah, their entire committee is women. Um, and I love it. I think that's great. I don't think there's enough awareness out there for female hunters. Um, not really awareness, but there's not enough support out there for them um, to feel like they can step into roles like this. Um, so it's definitely something that I take pride in. Um, well, what have been some of the hurdles um, that you're facing, not just as a woman in, in your position, but just 
in general, um, you know, you mentioned COVID has been one, one really big hurdle mm-hmm. to have to get over. Um, you know, again, COVID kind of took a hit on the membership roster. Mm-hmm. What are you guys doing to help booster those numbers back up? So we sort of took it from an aspect of let's just step back off where we ended. We really didn't try to make any type of cuts or anything like that. When we started coming back, we kind of just jumped back into it. Um, But like all things, COVID took a hit on it. Um, People haven't been as active, you know, money is different, work is different, all of these different aspects. Um, But we just kind of put it out there that like, hey, we're here for you guys. We want to see you. Um, We want to continue what we've been working towards in the community. So we just kind of jumped back in it, um, planned our banquet and, and just moved forward with it. So it's obviously been a hurdle. Um, we do have some events that we're trying to get off on for this year. Um, with all things again, with COVID, <laughs> it's all COVID, <laughs> um, make getting work schedules and people's availability together again is difficult. Um, so we're trying to think of ways that we can get out and see people. Um, we're a little late on planning events for this year, um, because our big thing was get the banquet off the ground. Um, but we have talked about trying to get out to some of the local community events, whether it's the strawberry festival or the tomato festival, um, and just get out there and, you know, shake hands and talk to people. Um, so just planning for that is is obviously is always a hurdle. Planning is always a hurdle. <laughs> what events do you normally have without COVID or what can we look forward to in the future once everything gets back up and running again? So in the past, um, most of our events were based around hunts. Um, so we had a group of volunteers that generally hosted our youth hunts um, each year. And then um, I primarily, um, I'm not really created, but I organized um, and held the ladies hunt every year up until this last season we didn't do because of you know restrictions and people not wanting to get out but um, we've done three or four consecutive hunts now for the ladies hunt Um, in years past we've done skeet shoot events where we have people come out um, and you know practice shooting just social aspects, um, get your aim back on for the season and then meet new people. Um, we've done dog training, which was a great event. That was a lot of fun. We had people that came out with like their little puppies and we had people come out with their experienced dogs. Um, and we got a bunch of ducks and released them and did their thing. And that was a lot of fun. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, That 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 was like an actual training training. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. We did that out at Orpax. Um, and I think we had probably like 12 dogs that time. That was probably two years ago now. Um, I would love to do that again. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, as far as stuff that we're looking to do this year, um, as I mentioned, we'd like to get out to some of those local community events just to see people and say hi. Um, but as far as events held for our members, um, Delta Waterfowl is big into youth. Um, They want to get that next generation into it, loving it. Um, That way it's secured moving forward. So that heritage doesn't stop Um, because if it stops, duck hunting stops altogether. So um, we want to do more youth-based events. Um, We'd like to get out and have someone do um, like hunter safety and gun safety, um, go through like a shooting course with the youth. Um, 
and then hopefully get them on more hunts this year as well. In the past, we've had great volunteers who have offered up their blinds and their leases and their boats um, and taken people out. And everyone that hunts in Virginia knows that sometimes it's a good year and sometimes it's not. <laughs> so depending <Yeah>. on... <laughs> depending on where you are, you may or may not see something. Um, so we really want to try to make it a priority this year to establish those connections with guided services um, so that we can get kids out on good hunts. Um, I, I have to say for, not to interrupt you, Leanne, but you're fine. I, I'm just a little blown away. So you have guys actually say, not only am I going to tell you where my super secret spot is, <laughs> but I'm going to share my spot some people yes <laughs> holy cow yeah Can I identify as a 12 year old I wish <laughs> I wish <laughs> that is yeah. absolutely incredible I mean that just it doesn't is. happen there's there are leases and I've heard tell of the price tag on some of those leases mm -hmm. I mean you're basically buying um a really nice lightly used BMW mm-hmm for a one-year lease. I mean, yeah. and I'm not talking a base model three car. <laughs> I mean, it's insane what people will pay for a waterfowl lease. Absolutely. It is. So for, for kids to be able to have that kind of access and be able to get out there. Um, and like you said, it's, it's Virginia. I mean, that's why they call it hunting, not killing because right. <laughs> you may, or you may not pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. Um, and depending on what the ducks are doing, you may, may pull the trigger once you may pull it 100 times. It just, mm -hmm. it just depends on the day. Um, yeah. you know, but man, how, how exciting is that? So is that going to be an opportunity perhaps this upcoming hunt season? Um, Absolutely. A youth hunt? Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, we generally, um, always try to do the February hunt date for youth event. Um, okay. So that'll be in February. Mm -hmm. There is an option that we can do the October youth hunt day as well. Um, we haven't historically done both just because of availability and, um, you know, having volunteers available, but if we can do both, we'd love to, if not, we always do that February hunt. Okay. All right. And then, um, you had mentioned the ladies hunt, um, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what got you started. Tell everybody a little bit about how and why you waterfowl. I mean, I personally, I make no bones about it. I'm an upland hunter because 4am and freezing cold is not my cup of tea. Um, but I do love me some September Canada goose. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. Um, so when I started with Delta waterfowl, I had actually never been duck hunting. Um, wow. Uh, to be completely honest, I'd never actually been hunting at all. Um, when I was 16, I think I went out with my dad once deer hunting and I sat in the woods and I absolutely hated it. Um, oh, all I no. saw, all I saw were squirrels and they drove me insane. And I did not have the patience back then. Um, that's and that's, <laughs> that's the only history I had of hunting. Um, now don't get me wrong. Like I'm an outdoor girl. I grew up in the country, I rode horses. We did four wheeling, all of that stuff, but I'd just never got into hunting. Um, when I hooked up with Delta waterfowl in 2017, um, Andy at the time was our chairman and he wanted to just take me out knowing that I had never hunted before. Um, so he, and another Andy, um, <laughs> took me out on my first hunt. Uh -huh. Um, it was a lot of fun. We saw a couple of ducks, not many, <laughs> Right. Well, um, you know, hunting, not killing. Right. In Virginia. Yep. Um, but I did, I shot, um, 
one duck and then there was a crippled one as we were leaving that I also shot and I loved it. Um, we got back to the dock and he took pictures of me and I was like texting to my dad because my dad hunted when I was growing up. Um, so I texted him to him and he was all excited. Um, and then I was just stuck with it at that point. Like I loved it, wanted to go back. Um, I think he took me out two more times that season. Um, I shot a couple of buffalo heads, some merganser, <laughs> the normal oh, Virginia nice. duck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank God you shot a merganser. Yeah. Yeah. Keep, keep firing away on those things. Knock them all out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then the following year, um, we held a booth at the Virginia Outdoor Sportsman Show. Um, so it was he and I, one of our other volunteers, and then Chris Williams, who was our regional director at the time, um, we were at the show and just essentially kind of what I'd like to do now, just a meet and greet. We were there to say hi, talk with the community, let people know, hey, there's a new chapter in Richmond. We'd love to have you as a member. This is kind of what our focus is, um, just to get interest. Um, and at that show, I met my fiance, Jerry. Um, he came, he was one of Andy's really good friends. He came just to say hi and support the group. Um, and we kind of hooked up long story short, went out a couple weeks later, I guess it was probably a month later. Um, and he was obviously a duck hunter. He and Andy were good friends. Um, right. and then it just went on from there. Um, he and I have gone hunting. I don't know how many times, too many to count. Um, and then he got me into deer hunting, um, isn't that awesome when you can share that outdoor passion and not only share it, but grow within the sport with each mm -hmm. other. Um, yeah. you know, Mike is the catalyst for everything I've, I'm doing, mm -hmm. you know, he's the one that really helped open the doors, supported me, um, sometimes supported me a little more organically than I liked. You know, I'm like, why, why aren't you dragging that deer stand in the woods? Well, because if you want to sit in it, you're going to bring it in the woods. I'm like, damn it. It's a little more Dang. DIY than I wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry's getting after me this year. He's like, if you want to go hunt, you have to help with the game patches. And I'm like, do I really though? I know, I know, but you know, it's good because to. I, I might complain. Um, in the middle of July and August, when we're clearing out mm -hmm. um, stands and moving stands and putting out trail cameras and, and all that stuff. But when I sit in that stand, I do feel so much more empowered and so mm -hmm. much more appreciative of the fact that it wasn't hung for me. I actually had a part in it. Right. I, I know why that spot was chosen because I purposely went through and, and, looked for sign and all that good stuff. So that's, that's absolutely awesome. So you and Jerry is there. Um, you, you guys have a wedding coming up very we, soon. We do. Um, it's on for October 8th. Um, nice. We're, we're really excited. We're still in, of course, in the planning process. I feel like there's never an end to planning when it comes to a wedding, <laughs> but <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> All I can say is Mike and I, when we, um, we realized we were going to be together for 10 years dating. I was like, Oh crap, I guess <laughs> we should do something about that. He goes, yeah, let's go hunting. So we, we opted for a 12 person ceremony. Um, very small because we took the budget and blew it on a hunting trip in New Zealand. <laughs> That's awesome. That's so awesome. Don't tell Jerry that. To, I was going to say, if you start to get to the point where you're like, just forget all of this wedding planning stuff, I am 
going on a hunting moon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Don't, don't be bashful. <laughs> yeah. He's been trying to sell me on that for probably since we got engaged. He's like, let's just not, don't go on a honeymoon. Let's go out hunting. Like we haven't been on a trip in a while. Like let's just go hunting. I'm like, where are we going to go in October? There's nowhere near here to go hunting in October. <laughs> no, there, well, we, we got married, um, first week in January. Mm-hmm. And, um, so we went down under, <laughs> you know, it. use it, use it to travel. So, yeah. um, Absolutely. so besides, um, you know, so you mentioned waterfowling, mm-hmm. um, you mentioned getting out and deer hunting. What's, mm-hmm. what's your favorite thing to shoot bow rifle? Um, I would probably say it's rifle. Um, okay. a couple of the properties that we hunt, um, we hunt occasionally behind our house, which isn't a whole lot of acreage, but we can rifle hunt here in Powhatan. Um, and then one of our other hunt properties we can rifle hunt with. Um, and I love it because it gives you the ability to, I feel like it gives you the ability to hunt more because you can get a further distance. You're not limited to your shotgun. Yeah. You're not limited to a shotgun where it's, you know, 20 or 30 yards that's kind of your window. So if you see a deer like yeah. wandering around, you're like, Oh, well, that's pretty <laughs> <laughs> here. Bambi, Bambi. Yeah, come on, <laughs> come on. Um, but the first deer that I ever shot was with a rifle. It was the first time I'd ever shot a rifle. Um, oh dear Lord. yeah, we were at a friend's house and, uh, they put me in the stand in this big open field. And they're like, all right, have fun. Jerry was like, do you want to, do you want me to sit with you? And I'm like, no, it's fine. Like go wherever you want to go. It'll be all right. Um, and I'm sitting there and it was probably like halfway through an afternoon hunt. And this group of does came in like the far side and I just sat there and like watched. And I was like, oh my God, there's deer in the field. (laughs) And, (laughs) And then they got closer and I realized it was like two big does and then like one baby. And I was like, oh my God, I can't shoot it if it's like the baby and the mama. <laughs> so I said, yeah, for, I... forever. And I was like, okay, if I can di- different, differentiate which one the mama is, at least right. in my opinion. <laughs> and I did. And it was the bigger doe was by itself. And it was probably like a 250 yard shot. Well, and I was like, well, wow. you know, you never like make the shot. If you don't take it, like just take it. And I yeah, did. guarantee if you don't pull the yeah. trigger, you're still not taking him to me. You know, at least you pull the trigger and you, you put all your heart and soul into it and do your best to make it ethical. I mean, yeah, there's a much greater chance you're going to have meat in the freezer. Absolutely. Um, but I connected on her and sat in the tree for probably another 20 minutes and then went out and like blood trailed her into the woods. And it was incredible. I mean, the feeling that you get, it's the same thing with duck hunting. The feeling that you get that first time that you harvest something is incredible. Um, and I don't know why I just love that, that rifle. <laughs> the next season I went out in that same field and shot my first buck with it. Um, and I love it. That's a good spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he does have this rule though. He won't, we don't go there as often because he wants to grow the herd. He wants to get big bucks. So he let me take my first book, which don't get me wrong. was a nice deer, but now right. it's, you know, big bucks or nothing or does. So yeah, we go there See- during doe season, but <laughs> Has he instituted a three-on-one side rule or anything like that? No, not really. Um, he just essentially says it has to be a big mature buck and we both yeah. know what ideally what that is. Um, so last year we sat out there, I think once and it was an afternoon sit and I was in a ground blind 
and this, I mean, nice size, like little six came in and I was like, Oh my God, I want to shoot it. <laughs> right. <But> I didn't. <laughs> yeah. He, no, Cause he'll be bigger next year. Yeah. And that's what he told me. He was like, it's fine. He was like, you know, thanks. He was like next year, if you see that deer, take it. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> The thing of being in the outdoors and enjoying that experience of just sitting in the woods. What's your favorite thing about being outside specifically with Delta waterfowl and what makes Delta waterfowl different than other conservation organizations? Um, so the biggest thing for me and Delta is the education aspect of it um, and bringing up new hunters. Um, we have a little boy who's our neighbor. He think he's 13 years old. Um, we took him out for the first time last season, not this past season, but the season before he'd never been duck hunting before. Um, and we took him out and it was just incredible to see his enjoyment. Um, even when nothing was really working our spread, he was just into it. He loved it. Um, and we went over gun safety with him and, you know, when to shoot, when a bird's in range, um, and just teaching that whole process to him. And I tell you for a little kid, that's never, <laughs> shot a shotgun before he was on point i mean oh, really he, yes he killed two that day he killed holy I think it was, cow yeah he killed um i think it was a bluebill hen and then a goose um and just his wow. pure excitement like made my day i was like that that's it that's awesome <laughs> um, and that's exactly why you do it that's exactly yeah. why you get out it is. I love it. Um, and we did the same thing this year on our youth hunt. Um, in years past, I haven't really been that involved with the youth events. Um, but this year, since I kind of took the place um, and, and stepped into the chair position, I orchestrated it and had people come out. And we had a couple of kids in our blinds um, that have some opportunity to hunt, but not that often. Um, and it was a slow day, but they absolutely loved it. And just them loving it makes me love it even more. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I just love being outside anyway. Um, so even on those days where we're out and don't see anything or nothing comes into range and they're just trading the skies. Like I love just being out there and seeing it. Um, <laughs> Jerry's kind of a veteran duck hunter in Virginia. So he's kind of to that stage where it aggravates him a little bit when we go out and he doesn't see a whole lot um, because it's cold and we have to get up early and drive <laughs> to get out yeah, there. See, 4 a.m. and freezing cold. Yep. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's worth it though, when you get is. out there and you just yeah. never know, cause you can't, you know, you can't shoot them from the sofa. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, I love it. I just love the opportunity to be out there. Um, like I said, even if you don't see anything, it's just that respect for knowing why you're doing it. Um, and just being able to do it. So I'm going to, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit again okay. with this question. Um, what are some particular initiatives or um, legislative actions that Delta Waterfowl is um, trying to become involved with or bring attention to, um, you know, some things that, again, set Delta Waterfowl apart from the other organizations that are out there. Um, so some of the big things that they've been working on recently, um, of course, ambassadoring that um, youth aspect and getting students involved, they just established a new program at Virginia Tech um, to get people involved. Um, they've done a lot within the last year to get access to WMAs in the area. Um, I think they got oh, three. Okay. Yeah, they got three on the board this year in Virginia. Um, 
and I think they're working on one or two more and then a couple more in the rest of the mid-Atlantic region, which is essentially from South Carolina and up to Maryland. I don't think it goes above Maryland. Um, so they're working on a couple of other WMAs in the area just to get more public access. Um, Cyrus, who is our um, like legislative head for this region, I think he might be for the entire Delta um, organization. He fights with a lot of the legislature. He goes up, you know, headfirst into that stuff. Um, he had a lot to do with um, public access last year with getting it overturned for Sunday hunting on public land. Um, so you can now Sunday hunt on a bunch of the public spaces in Virginia, whereas before I think waterfowl hunting was limited to like Thursday through Saturday. Yeah. Um, so they opened up that Sunday hunt, which is awesome. Um, and then there is some stuff to come for the Prairie Pothole region. Um, I don't know how much they've released of that just yet. When we had our regional meeting last month, we reviewed some of that. Um, so they're working to start some programs out in the Prairie Pothole region, North and South Dakota into Canada, um, which will essentially benefit us with duck production. Um, so hopefully it'll increase the ducks that we have here during season because they're trying to um, get this like resources and everything out there up so that the ducks are hatching and breeding and doing all of the things that they need to be doing better nesting habitat yeah. and, mm -hmm. and all of that good stuff. Yeah. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, so for the, for anybody listening, um, that wants to get involved, mm -hmm. how, how can they get, get involved with Delta waterfowl specifically here in Richmond? Um, so we have uh, social media platforms on Facebook as well as Instagram. Um, we have two pages actually on Facebook. We have a formal page where generally we're posting most of that um, media, just sharing things within Delta, sharing events. Um, but we do also have a public Facebook group where people can get in and you know, interact with each other. Um, that's one way. If you get on those platforms, you can send us a message. Um, generally, it does come to me more often than not. Um, and we can get you signed up. The easiest way is, of course, on our website. That's just Delta Waterfowl as a whole. Um, but we do also offer meetings um, somewhat regularly. I want to get into a more regular routine with that, um, most likely probably doing every other month or every three months throughout the year until we get to that banquet season. Um, and those are just held locally. We try to switch up the location. Um, we've done some in Short Pump. We've done some in Midlothian. Um, we've gone out to Glen Allen and that's kind of open to the public. We of course do have some meetings that are committee only. Um, but most of them, we try to open to anyone and everyone that wants to come. Um, and that doesn't mean that you have to sign up to be a member. That's just, if you're interested, you want to hear more, um, or see how you can get involved as a volunteer. Um, anyone is welcome to those and we'd be happy to have them. Yeah. I, I was super bummed. I wasn't able to make the, the last meeting, mm -hmm. um, just because it happened to conflict with my quill forever central Virginia chapter meeting. Mm -hmm. And since I was the one that was kind of spearheading an action that was on the table for that night's agenda, I felt fairly obligated to show up, <laughs> but I was right. so looking forward to Chewy's Mexican food. Oh man. I yes. was so mad. It, it's <laughs> a popular venue. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's just super convenient, very mm -hmm. easy, um, in and out, quick food, good mm -hmm. food. Um, 
and it's, it's conducive to conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they tend to give us a nice area, nice big area to sit in. So when, when is the next meeting for those listening that might be interested in coming out and seeing what the chapter has to offer and um, what it's all about? Um, so we don't currently have a set date for our next meeting. Um, it most likely will be either the end of July, beginning of August. Okay. Um, all of our meetings are posted to our social media accounts. Um, we generally try to do like a live event, well, not a live event, but um, like an active RSVP event on Facebook so that people can register. They can see what um, topics we're going to discuss at the meeting, where it is, what time, um, and then they can RSVP and let us know if they're coming. That's part. And go ahead, go ahead and tell everybody we um, will hit it again when we mm-hmm. wrap up this episode, but what are those social media accounts? Um, so on Facebook, you can just search by our VA Delta waterfowl. Um, and then on our Instagram account, I believe it is RVA underscore Delta water waterfowl. Um, let me double check. Cause I, yeah, that way, um, (laughs) yeah. When, when is it ever not with us? I mean, I'm serious. (laughs) Yeah. So our social media account on Instagram is actually RVA Delta underscore waterfowl. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And they, people can just kind of follow and like, and, and Mm -hmm. watch to see when that next meeting, because I do know you are, you are excellent at posting up different events on social media. Um, and I think that's posted as an event, Mm -hmm. um, for that meeting. So once, once that date is set, that'll be up and available. Um, just don't set it for the third Wednesday and I can make it (laughs) noted. (laughs) Not that you should set your calendar around me by any means, but I do love some Chewy's Mexican food, man. All right. So when, when it comes to planning and stuff, um, Mm -hmm not just for meetings and administrative, oh my gosh, administrative (laughs) things that you have to accomplish. Um, When you have events, talk about the banquet. I actually got to, um, well, I should say Mike Mike and I actually got to attend one banquet, um, I believe. And what goes into that? Because that's a pretty big undertaking. It is. There is surprisingly a lot of planning that goes with that. Um, We typically will hold uh, meetings, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes we have committee only meetings. We'll hold a committee meeting um, to go over planning, um, preferably deciding who can handle what, um, who is willing to do what, who's able to come to the banquet, who's willing to give in time. Um, And then just planning as far as um, getting donations and setting up things that we can auction off. Um, it's kind of a divide and conquer. We just let everyone know this is kind of what we would like to reach this year. These are the ideal things that we would like to obtain um, and then go from there. And everyone just reaches out to their contacts, um, to people that they've hunted with in the past. Um, and, you know, we generally get an outpouring of support. Um, there's a lot of organizations and local businesses that love to um, participate. You being one of them, we love you. We love you supporting us. <laughs> I, I have no problem supporting this, this organization. I love yeah. being a member. I love being able to, to help make sure that kids can, can get out there, women can get out there, and you guys do a great job at it. Mm-hmm. But 
Yeah, it's it's a lot of work, but um, we have a lot of really good volunteers um, over this past year since kind of starting the chapter, not really over, um, but just getting everybody reorganized. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, we've gotten a lot of really great volunteers, some first time volunteers, um, but they're really into it. They're driven, they're passionate, um, and that's what it takes. Um, you know, we definitely want people that have the same ideals that want to get out there and educate other people so that this can continue. Um, and generally you ask them to do something and they're 100% willing. Um, and it, it's been fabulous to work with these people. Does this require a huge time commitment? I mean, if somebody wants to be a member, do mm -hmm. they need to donate a certain number of hours per year or how do you guys kind of work that? So to be just a member of the chapter, you don't necessarily need to allot any amount of time. Um, essentially being a member means that you're available and open to coming to the events that we hold, banquets, um, you know, guided hunts, stuff like that, that we can do. Uh, members are eligible to do that. Um, but our volunteers, it's, it's a volunteer organization. We don't demand any amount of time. Um, if someone can give us one day out of the entire year, that's fabulous. Um, if they're more involved and they want to, you know, touch base with me every week <laughs> oh, they wow. can, and we love it. And we do have some people that do that. Um, you know, they're constantly reaching out like, Hey, I talked to this person. They had this to say. Um, so it's from one end of the spectrum to the other, and we're happy to have any of it. Um, there's no set amount of time that people have to volunteer or be involved. So somebody, um, you know, like, like we had talked about earlier, somebody with the blind, it mm -hmm. says, you know, I think I, I really want to become involved. Mm -hmm. um, they can be as involved as helping put together a hunt to use their facilities mm -hmm. or, you know, just maybe um, like finding some donations for the banquet or just, you know, I mean, let's be honest, just paying your dues as a member mm -hmm. definitely goes to help with with those conservation tasks that you guys absolutely. are trying to accomplish. So yeah, that's absolutely. absolutely excellent. Well, Leanne, this has been um, just a fabulous episode being able to chat with you. Is there anything else that we should know about Delta waterfowl here in the central Virginia area? And the biggest thing that I can say is that if you love the outdoors and you love waterfowl hunting, um, we would really, you know, be appreciative and, um, God, if I could think of the words that I want to use, <laughs> <laughs> super like, excited. I know, it, I know it in my head. <laughs> um, but we, we would just really love to have more involvement. Um, right now, as I said, after COVID things have kind of slowed down, we would really like to pick back up and get back to where we were. Um, we would like to gain a bigger member base. Um, you know, there's some other Delta waterfowl chapters up and down the East coast, um, that hold more events than we do. And they do raffles throughout the year. And, and we would love to get to that, but starting with that member base is the biggest thing. Um, so we would love to have people join us, um, get to know us, become a part of the organization, be a volunteer. Um, and then, you know, we can only grow from there. That sounds perfect. So, um, I think we set out a challenge to everybody, Riley. What do you think? Definitely. I, I say, um, well, are you a member Riley? I'm not, but 
Same. Okay. Well, <laughs> I think Virginia, Virginia shooting sports just paid for your membership to Delta waterfowl. Awesome. And I want to challenge all of the other Delta waterfowl members for the, the Richmond group. Um, find someone that is interested and wants to become a member and sponsor them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's in the scheme of things, it's a nominal fee. And, um, then you get to challenge your new member to do likewise. And I think that if just a small handful, just maybe seven, eight, 10 of us do that, then seven or eight, 10 of their sponsored members do it and so on and so forth. I think before we know it, Leanne, we've got a big booming chapter and we're able to really make a big dent conservation education and um, partnering out there with other groups to be able to make sure that that heritage is kept alive. So mm-hmm. let me yes, know if please. you accept the challenge, definitely. Tag. <laughs> we'll, we'll even make a hashtag. Raleigh will get it all posted and we'll stick it out on the podcast when this drops. <laughs> Sounds so, great. Um, Raleigh, do you have any questions for Leanne before we let her go? I don't think so. Okay, perfect. I was going to say, I think we covered all the bases. Leanne, um, for everybody listening, tell them once again, where they can find Delta Waterfowl RVA. How can they find you across social media website? Any information that they need to be able to get a hold of you? They're just listening to this podcast and finger poised over their smartphone (laughs) to, to connect. Absolutely. So on our Facebook page, you can find us just as RVA Delta Waterfowl. Um, And then on our Instagram page, you can look for us as RVA Delta underscore waterfowl. Um, And we generally are posting on there as frequently as we can. Facebook is a little bit more than social or Facebook is a little bit more than Instagram, um, but we try to keep both of them active and up to date. All right. That sounds fantastic. Well, Leanne Smith, the chairman of the local RVA Delta Waterfowl, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of Winged Wisdom. If you would like to send in audio messages or questions for future episodes, please follow the message button on our homepage or the link in the featured description. Riley and I would like to thank Leanne Smith of RVA Delta Waterfowl for joining us today. Be sure to tune in to next week's episode as we're sitting down and chatting with Marsha Brownlee. Marsha lives in Montana where she spends much time as she can hunting, fishing, hiking, camping, stargazing, and foraging. She's originally from Michigan. Marsha has a bachelor's degree from Michigan State University and a master's in education from the Harvard Graduate School of Education. For 15 years, Marsha has worked as an educator with a focus on place-based education that nurtures the children's natural curiosity for and love of the outdoors. In spring of 2016, After being a big game hunter for four years, Marsha was inspired to partner with a friend and start a business providing women-led hunting education and mentoring opportunities. As the Artemis Program Manager, she focuses on creating a community of powerful, informed sportswomen who will foster positive change 
and defend and secure the future of our public lands, waters, and wildlife. Definitely tune in for next week's episode. And feel free to contact Marsha at Artemis at nwf.org. Please follow Winged Wisdom each week for shooting tips and tricks and to see what's flying. 